Next on Making Sense of the Madness, two filmmakers of the Patriot Movement will speak to us about their mission and showcase their work. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda right now. To go out and run, it's opened my eyes and broke down those self-imposed barriers. I look at it as a welcomed opportunity of growth. to be able to have that luxury of relying on their own personal grit and determination. And the only way to do that is to actually change your mindset on things that are hard. Joy and Matthew Thayer are award-winning filmmakers and the owners of Sparrow Pictures. They're heralded as among the best storytellers in the Patriot movement. So great to have you here, you two. Uh, tell us about your latest projects. We'll start with uh, Matthew, since you're on the left. We uh, we just got finished up with uh, Selection Code. Uh, we worked with Mike Lindell on that. Uh, that was uh, the story of Teen Peters uh, and Mesa County, Colorado. Uh, and if anybody doesn't know, uh, she's the county clerk. Uh, in Mesa County, Colorado, and she took a forensic image of her Dominion voting system before and after an update and found that there was all sorts of shenanigans that happened. Mm -hmm. And then the FBI raided her, as, you know, is the, the norm these days, apparently. So, uh, and then we've also worked on uh, a documentary um, kind of chronicling the Reawaken America tour and what's going on with that with Clay Clark, General Flynn. We have uh, plans for um, a second, a third, and a fourth episode right now, so we're crowdfunding for that. And then uh, before that, we did The Trump I Know, which is, uh, as far as we know, the only documentary about President Trump that has an interview with him in it. Uh, we got to interview him in the White House, uh, and we also interviewed 31 women around him that know him personally, that work in his administration, or is his family, or has worked in his businesses. And I uh, got to know who he who he is as a person. Yeah. But one of our latest wow, projects what a privilege! A music video. Oh yeah, and then the latest project that we did was a music video that's gone viral, uh, and uh, that's Liberty, which is uh, sung by uh, amazing artist Lauren Kelly, who also has to be happened to be a personal friend of ours, and uh, so we helped her with the music video, and uh, it's just gone crazy. And uh, she, uh, Lauren, and subsequently us because we're riding on our coattails, but uh, going to uh, Mar-a-Lago uh, uh, in December uh, to, uh, to perform the song. 
Wow. There's a lot of different projects. We're going to go through each of them and show some clips. Let's take a look at selection code and, and we'll discuss the project. Local criminal investigations into Mesa County Clerk Tina Peters alleged voting machine security breaches continues. If I asked you this question before the 2020 election, are these voting machines secure? I would have said yes. And after the election, I would have said yes. What changed? Tina Peters admits she brought in a consultant to make a forensic copy of the Dominion voting system in Mesa County. I continue to think that our voting machines are too vulnerable. Voting machines in Georgia and Texas switch votes from one candidate to another. Virtually every machine was broken into. Ballot recording machines. Voting machines. 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 Voting machines. Voting machines. 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 Machines, which are vulnerable to being hacked. There is no serious person out there who would suggest somehow that you could even rig America's elections. We've seen no evidence that any of our voting systems have been tampered with. The November 3rd election was the most secure. It was the most secure. Most secure. Most secure election in American history, period. The process is very secretive. These machines are built by private companies, which we don't have a right to know it goes on inside those. What did you see during the software update? We've uncovered something that they're afraid of. We didn't consider the machines. The information found there is the Rosetta Stone. They made By a mistake and left the evidence in the machine. And you can hide it as well. It's only what the programmer tells to say. It's literally like the difference between going from pickpocketing to credit card fraud. These people are being selected, not elected. It's about who gets to count the vote. They break down my door, terrorize my family. FBI, federal search warrant. What do you remember? Just my mom being handcuffed by the chief of police. This is not what we do in America. You could make it all go away, though. You just keep your mouth shut. You could have your life back. Can't unsee what I've seen. So, Matthew, tell me about how Mike Lindell, Lara Logan, your whole team came together for this project. Uh, well, it was actually originally uh, a project that kind of got put together before I was even involved. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a different director, and I came in as an editor. And then... Because um, it was only going to be like 20 minutes. It was yeah. just going to be a little short on, on her story. It was a little short, basically, on her story with the FBI and the raid. And it was about when the genesis of this of the story came about. It was about in December of last year. Mm -hmm. And then I came on as an editor, and then the, it just the process kind of took a lot longer to get some of the interviews set up. And then by the time that that had happened, then there was Mesa County Report Number Two and Three came out, and she decides to run for Secretary of State, and you know, so yeah. like a whole the whole the whole story just kind of took on some more legs. And Mike was like, "Oh, we need to make this into a bigger piece," and so. We worked with Laura um, all the way up and through July, and then uh, just due to extenuating circumstances and just some other things, like I said, the project took a lot longer. Uh, we ended up having to part ways just amicably with Laura uh, because she had some other things that she needed to do, and we needed to get this done for Mike's uh, summit. Yeah. And so uh, the cut doesn't feature Laura uh, at all, uh, in, but uh, a lot of her research her and, hard and her research hard work and research is definitely felt throughout because we yeah. learned 
a ton from working with her and she's just an extraordinary, brilliant mind. Well, that's good to know. And very interesting how the stories always develop further. It's not like uh, life ends when you, you finish up editing. Sometimes you just, the story right. just keeps developing. You have to keep on uh, creating a bigger project. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to watch that music video that went viral. Uh, that's going to be an interesting thing to see because a lot of your other projects are more like docuseries. This is a little something different. We'll watch that as soon as we get back. Government-induced inflation, taxes, rising interest rates, political instability. All of these can have a crushing effect on our investments, often causing the stock market to go down. But they can also cause gold and silver to go up. Hi, this is Dr. Kirk Elliott. Buy gold, buy silver, buy now, but buyer beware. Precious metals companies are not created equal. As a PhD economist, I have been in the financial, economic, and precious metals business for three decades. The philosophy of my firm is people over profit. I encourage you to read my bio to learn more about me at kirkelliotphd.com. Now is the time to own physical metals in an IRA, 401k, and outside of a retirement plan. Don't let the government destroy your hard-earned assets any longer. Call 720-605-3900 or visit KirkElliottPhD.com. Free 
We are talking to Joy and Matthew Thayer, the owners of Sparrow Pictures, created that beautiful music video. So tell me, I think the most striking thing about that is the background where you had all of the different historical footage. Did you guys play a role in, in assembling that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matt, Matt directed all that. Um, Peter actually is our editor and has worked on all of our major projects. And, and Peter happens to be Lauren's husband. And so Matt worked with Peter and I spoke into some of the images and, and it was a, definitely a team effort. Yeah, it was, uh, I wanted to capture the, the inter international call for liberty and, uh, and highlight some of these moments in history where the fight for liberty hasn't necessarily always turned out well for those that have been engaged in it, but that's not why we engage in it. We engage in it because it's the right thing to do. Uh, and, um, and, you know, sometimes that means it costs us our life, but, uh, but sometimes not. Sometimes, uh, you know, those that fight for liberty, uh, you know, live on. Um, and, and it's just we're kind of at that place right now in the world where uh, we need to be reminded that it's not just about America, but it's about, about the world. It's about journey. <laughs> yeah. And you were showing, you know, we, we talked about having peaceful resistance mm -hmm. and we wanted to make sure all the images that we were showing was, you know, tyranny is tyranny and it's never okay, no matter who it's against or, or what, what it's applying to, but how we stand up is really important against tyranny as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought it was nice to see the echoes from the past about how it relates to today's tyranny. The masks on the children, for example, uh, and it matched the lyrics where she talked about a masquerade and fears the new religion. So it, it is interesting how there are these different threads throughout history and history, you know, it rhymes. It, it repeats and it rhymes. Uh, so yeah. let's talk about your, your next project here. Uh, we've got so... You did selection code. We showed the trailer that has a new cut now. Uh, and we talk, looked at the Lauren Kelly Liberty video. Uh, so next we have the reawakening docuseries. What have you done so far and what do you plan on doing more? How many episodes are we looking at? Well, it's interesting because the, the, the song Liberty was actually written for episode two of reawakening uh lauren happens to be australian mm -hmm. and so uh, watching all of the horrors going on last year especially uh out in australia and other countries uh lauren you know knew people personally affected by all of this and so that was one of the reasons why we asked her uh to to write the song um but also um the second episode of reawakening is about medical tyranny yeah. and really the the whole entire series is about tyranny in general liberty versus tyranny and how tyranny has the same playbook and that's you know you can see that in the video as well is that they use the same types of tactics it's either it's either trying to uh to use fear mm -hmm. and if fear doesn't work then they bring out the force and so uh, Reawakening is uh, the first episode. Uh, we start off getting to know Clay Clark a little bit better and his, the genesis of the Reawakened tour. But then we also brought in a historian, William Federer, who brings us back in time and talks about how, again, tyranny has been using the same since types the beginning of, of yeah, time. Since the beginning of time, the tyranny has been using the exact same tactics like back in the, in the late 1600s and 1700s, 
they were restricting the size of gatherings, but it was more about restricting religious freedom. Yeah. And so now we have the same thing going after medical freedom, uh, which is even worse because it's, a, it, you, you know, it's like you can't see a virus. So, you know, they can really, you know, put up the boogeyman fear thing with that. But they're doing the exact same tactics. And I think that if we can recognize that as a people, we can reawaken to that, not only reawaken to our liberties and our freedoms, but reawaken to the idea that tyranny is the exact same thing. Or just they, they might they might put on a white lab coat and carry a stethoscope, but it's still tyranny. And if we can recognize that, then we can go, oh, well, we've beat this in the past. We can beat it again now. But I, I think is uh, very similar. You know, your show is called Making Sense of the Madness. And I think that's really what we have done is as documentary filmmakers that we've talked about how we're putting stuff in context. And so if people don't understand um, how we got here. They don't know what tools to use to get out of these situations. And so we add context. We have our country's history and foundation. We have uh, medical tyranny and propaganda and how they're using the mainstream media as a weapon of war. And that how uh, the Obama administration actually uh, did the modernization of the Smith-Munt Act so that they could use propaganda against the American people. And then uh, the third episode will be on some election uh, stuff, why our country was founded the way it was founded and how um, our election systems were set up and how that's being propagandized right now. And they're using these social justice causes um, to to actually cheat and get selected members in. And then the fourth one is talking about the Great Reset and um, the World Economic Forum and the different things, the agendas that have been set against us. And then what can we do and how can we do it responsibly? You know, how can we take care of our planet because it's the right thing to do, but not because we're, you know, having some kind of social agenda um, shoved down our throat? Well, I think this is uh, an important part of history that you guys are a part of making this because I think the Reawakening America tour, other than the Trump rallies, are one of the most important uh, gatherings for our movement, our America First movement. I was able to go to two of these events. The founder of American Media Periscope, John Michael Chambers, he's been speaking at these events from the very beginning. So we're very connected to Clay Clark and these events, and we believe strongly in them. And I think this is just a nice complimentary way of getting the word out there for people who aren't there in person uh, to get the message. We're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, people can take a look at this trailer for the Reawakening docuseries as soon as we get back. Inflation is out of control. The price of gasoline has doubled in a very short time and interest rates are set to rise. How do you protect and grow your portfolio to make sure that you do not outlive your assets? Invest in annuities that have rate lock. Rate lock is an innovative new feature that allows you to lock in your rate of return at any time during the year to lock in these volatile upswings of the market. And unlike CDs and money market accounts, they accumulate tax deferred and can participate in the upside of market indexes. And they're probate free and they can provide an income that you can't outlive. With all the different companies, features, indexes, and benefits which annuities offer, it can be confusing to choose which annuity is best for your unique situation. Let a company you can trust help you select a rate lock annuity that's right for you. Add an annuity to your retirement portfolio and start enjoying the many benefits that smart investors love. Call the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. That's the Cleveland Insurance Group at 844-USA-2024. Cleveland Insurance Group, 844-USA-2024.
was a beautiful day in downtown Oklahoma City. Game tonight has been postponed. You are all safe. We're in a very fragile place. How do I be successful in my business when I'm being told by my government that I have to close my doors? On the Thrive Time Show, we try to teach people how to grow a business. Play questions and wants to get to the truth. He wanted to know why we were shut down. Where is this coming from? China had this festering. We need that data. What are they going to do when they come for your kids? The answer is no. Fauci kid, I know anything, really about anything. And I'd say that to his face. Delora, I really appreciate you for allowing me to <laughs> We have people in charge over our communities that we don't know what their philosophy is. Our country has become godless. We've taken God out of everything. The markets today plummeted. They will not allow us within 30 to 100 feet. I called General Flynn. I said, I feel like God wants us to team up to do a reopen America tour and we get people back to God. And he says, I know. I'm going, you know? What is required for the darkness to creep in is the absence of light. We seem to have lost the value of our basic fundamental rights. Why will the churches not stand up? So that's very powerful, the way you guys edited that. And I wanted to find out a little bit more about the theme of the first episode, because you did lay out that each episode has a different theme. Uh, Clay Clark has a huge personality. You could probably just do all the episodes just about him and we would be captivated. But there's just so much to cover. Uh, maybe you can go through a little bit of the process of how you figured out how to how to break it all up into different parts. Well, I was inspired by the Last Dance documentary. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's the Chicago Bulls uh, story, uh, Michael Jordan, and how he w they went and won the six championships. And uh, I really liked the the structure of how they um, built out the story. So they did the first episode, of course, on Michael Jordan. Then the second one was about Scottie Pippen, and then Dennis Rodman, Phil Jackson, so on, and all the way through the ten episodes and. Um, about actually it was about six months before clay we got uh, in touch with clay where i had this idea to do a documentary series on just the oddness and the strangeness of 2020 and how <laughs> it had kind of woken people up and you know we were starting to see how things were connected between the voting machines and the pandemic and twitter and china you know all this stuff right and so when uh, when when I got a hold of Clay and Clay's like, hey, I've got an idea, you know, and he just does this thing. Uh, it doesn't matter what you had planned to talk to him about. You know, he's got, you know, a million and one ideas for your life. And so uh, he goes, uh, you make documentaries. And I said, well, that's one of the things that I do. And he's like, well, I got this idea. And, you know, he's like, do this thing. And, and so he kind of laid out his idea. And I was like, you know, this actually kind of dovetails pretty well with the idea that I had. What if we were to do this? And uh, and he's like, he loved it. And so he really gave us, you know, carte blanche uh, and trusted us to tell the story. Uh, Vanessa and him were amazing. And uh, so we interviewed uh, like some like 82 yeah. of the speakers. Uh, and this was up until the Colorado Springs was the last time we, we filmed. We probably should film some more. 
but because there's so so many additional speakers that have been added on since then, like Cash Patel and even Eric Trump and all of that. But uh, anyway, but the way that we wanted to break it down was I felt like it was really important. Um, it's one of the things that I feel like the, the tour doesn't do as well with is bring in the historical context of things. I think we talk a lot about, you know, current events, which I think is super important. But with like Joy was saying earlier, without the context of history, it's really hard to make sense of everything. And so uh, we were blessed to get connected with um, William Federer, who if anybody hasn't heard of him, you totally should follow him. It's AmericanMinute.com. Uh, he sends out these great little blogs that are kind of like these um, little gems of history that a lot of people don't know about. He kind of unpacks them and, you know, uses a lot of pictures and and different graphs and things like that. But uh, but he was great. And we interviewed him for like three and a half hours. And the guy doesn't – jaws Our jaws just dropped. I mean, the guy doesn't have any notes. He just pulls everything out of his head. It's like names and dates. And, and then, you know, ask him a question – and about, you know, like, uh, medical tyranny. And he like, you know, in the 1700s and what Benjamin Rush thought about it. And all of a sudden he's like going like, well, let me tell you this about the Egyptians. And like, he talks and he goes, and I'm like going, I don't know how I'm going to edit all this together. And then like a couple of minutes later, he's taking you through thousands of years of history and answers your question. And you're just like, Wow. And so, uh, he's such a good story and he's, and he's a great storyteller but and a great how, guy. How we broke it up though is that, um, you know, we, we really want to make sure that people understand that we, that people are just people. And, you know, a lot of people either love or hate Clay Clark. And so we're saying, well, who is he? Where'd he come from? I didn't know who Clay was. Matt had followed a bunch of his podcasts and everything. And so he said, oh, Clay was a DJ. That would be why he'd be the perfect person right. to be out there, you know, doing these um, events and everything. He's dealt with Moms of the Bride. He's dealt with Bridezilla. He's dealt, you know, yep. all these personalities. And he knows how to put together an event yep. really in short order. But he's also worked with General Flynn. And we heard about General Flynn's story when we were working on the Trump I Know. And so we, we, we talk about who Clay is and his for doing these events, but it's not about Clay either. You right. know, it's about our country's history and foundation. Well, I think that the way, the reason it dovetails is because you know, Clay w- woken up by 2020. He right. didn't talk about pol- politics. He didn't talk about religion. And then all of a sudden now that's all that he does. Right. Um, and so that woke him up. But I think it's interesting because it dovetails with the history because our history is much more than 1776. Our history, as we get into with William Federer, we get into how we were inspired by events that happened thousands of years, you know, before. And, you know, God just kind of sets the stage and it's really God that's doing all of this. And God brings forth, you know, the Davids, you know, out of the wilderness who have fought the sheep. I mean, I've have fought for the sheep and have fought the lion and the bear, you know, which feels like kind of out of context, but then all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah, he's the right guy to put up in front of the giant, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a really good point that, uh, you, you know, that a guy goes from being a DJ to leading what are very historical uh, gatherings for our country. Uh, also very successful entrepreneur. He has got a lot under his belt, but I know what you mean by very, comparing him yeah. to David. And he'd probably agree with you as well. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into the Trump I Know, because that's an interesting project. You got some uh, really access to Trump's inner circle. Want to discuss that as soon as we get back. 
Hi, I'm My Patriot Supply. Preparedness is my thing. Our most popular kit sold out in just three days. Well, that's great, but you're a preparedness company. A marketing company. A preparedness company? Shouldn't you have been a little better prepared? <laughs> one day, my friend. One day. One day what? Soon you'll learn that one of the best tactics in marketing is scarcity. There's no better sales trick. But you're a preparedness Marketing. Okay, a marketing company in a preparedness business who openly advertises how many times you haven't been prepared. It's the very definition of irony. When you're as popular as we are, you sell out. Don't worry, one day you'll sell out too. No, we won't, because we're a real preparedness company and we take nothing more serious than having things in stock. We're reliable, and that's why My Patriot Supply is the industry leader in emergency preparedness. <sighs> True genius is never recognized in its time. I'm Clay Clark, and I'm not an inventor. And this is Bob. My name is Bob Healy, and I'm the inventor of the Grill Blazer Grill Gun. Gentlemen, let me introduce you to oh. the Grill Gun. Oh! I would have greened that anyway. I need that! Bob, how does your equation work? Okay, now hang on. It's a fairly sophisticated equation. You have a grill gun. It creates fire. Fire plus grilling equals America. You push it down and... Yeah. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Check it out! <laughs> my friend. Have you ever met him? Do you know him? Then how can you speak of him if you actually don't know the man? I knew that he was going to run and be president. I said, I hate to see what you would go through, but our nation will need it. said, now they're going to come after us. They're not going to make it easy. Politics is a nasty business. Uh, he's a bigot. A liar. Serial liar. He's always hated women. Donald Trump is a weak man with no courage. Wow, was he right on that, right? Oh my gosh. I'm a black single mother coming from poverty, but what Donald Trump saw in me was potential. All very just impressive women. It's awesome to see him. My father's really surrounded himself by them his entire life. God has plans for people's lives, and he put me in this place and this moment for a reason and for a purpose. He gave me the opportunity of a lifetime, and that is a Donald Trump that I know. Available now. Talking to Matthew and Joy Thayer's about the Trump I know. Tell me about this project. How did this come about? Oh wow! <laughs> that's a that's a big one. Um, so I had been a co-producer and associate producer on a film called Unplanned, and I acted in it. And Matt was the behind the scenes director. And our and it was a true life story about Abby Johnson, who was a Planned Parenthood director that had ended up. Uh, witnessing an abortion at 13 weeks and then had spoke out. So she, she wrote a book, she got sued, all this stuff. And so uh, she won and we wrote, there was a movie uh, called Unplanned about her. Well, the day the film came out, our Twitter account got taken down from the, yeah, for the film. The Unplanned Twitter and account. so, um, 
So what happened is our executive producers got sent out to uh, Washington, D.C., and they were talking about censorship and all those different things. And one of the executive producers became friends with Laura Trump. And in the meantime, he develops this friendship. He says, you know, I know more about uh, the the first the royal family than the first family and started asking Laura some questions and so they brought us onto the project to uh, produce and direct the project but the funny thing was is neither Matt nor myself had voted for President Trump in 2016 because unfortunately we were believing the mainstream media's lies and it wasn't until after he got into office that we really started looking into his policies and what he was putting in place and then we started reading about uh, who he is and he's been consistent about America and who, you know, what he believes in all these years. So we said yes to the project. We got to go out and film 31 women in the business, the family and the campaign. We filmed, uh, uh, Matt got to meet President Trump in the White House. We filmed Brad Parscale, Matt Schlapp, and both Eric and Don Jr. Wow. What were some of the myths uh, and lies about Donald Trump and his personality and his reputation that were dispelled through this project? Well, um, I think that, I mean, we, I really tried to bring to bear uh, my own personal journey because um, the story is about Joe meeting Laura and, you know, having access to all of these women. And that's what the kind of the, the storyline of the film. But um, my own personal journey, because I'm, I'm a libertarian, I, I didn't vote for Hillary. I voted, you know, third party. Um, and, uh, and so when I saw Donald Trump, I thought he was a train wreck. But then when... I, but I realized that I was only listening to clips and I started actually listening to him, you know, like after a G20 summit and, you know, coming out and talking about international trade or, you know, watching his press conferences, starting to kind of decipher like, oh, wait, he's actually going after the media with these tweets and he's trolling them on purpose to uh, reveal something to the American public. And, and so I started seeing that and that's, what we were trying to dispel with this again, going back, I, I'm a real, I, I love history. And so it doesn't take a lot of time to go back and find, Oh wait, Donald Trump was on Saturday night live and everybody loved him and he was in home alone too. And you know, like all of a sudden it's like he decides to run for office and everybody just turns on him, you know, like, well, what's going on with that? And so it was really kind of reminding people, and kind of building the case that we as a society have dangerously become people who make opinions about things that we know nothing about and we have done little research on. And so, you know, we need to get back to being a people that would say, you know, like my dad would say when I was growing up, like, I don't know enough about that to have an opinion. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, we don't need to be pressured by social media to formulate opinions about things that happen instantaneously just right. so that we can get the most likes and clicks and all of that yeah. sort of stuff. Right. On the first day of the Ukraine war, everyone in the American public was expected to have an opinion on that conflict, for example. Uh, but so, exactly. you know, you interviewed 31 women. Uh, why is that significant? Uh, you know, you showed in the trailer that uh, they tried to make Donald Trump out to be anti-woman and all and so forth. So uh, tell me about that process <laughs> yeah. of getting to know all these women. So, you know, they, they that's one of the big things is he's a misogynist. You know, they, they say he's a misogynist, he's racist, he's sexist, he's all of these 
horrible things and they don't point to anything specific. And so that's the thing that people need to understand about propaganda. It's generalities. It, it's um, They can just make a statement, but they don't have something to actually say about it. So when we interviewed these women, you know, let's take Carrie Woolard, for example. She is the, um, the, the, general manager. the general manager at Trump Winery. And so she's one of the people that runs one of the Trump businesses, right? And so what is her perspective of Donald Trump? Does he treat her equally? Does he have fair pay? Does he, you know, how is she treated as a female? If he is this sexist misogynist, does he hit on her? Does he do these things? And so come to find out, he's very chivalrous. He's very tactful. He's in, he, the he, consummate he, gentleman. He's the consummate gentleman. He treats women with respect. He's like, wow, she's a capable human. I'm going to put her in charge. Now, he's not virtue signaling and saying, I'm going to put her in charge because I want everybody to think that I like women. He's like, no, she's the best person for the job. And he's been doing that since... You know, he picked a female architect to build Trump Tower, Trump Tower back this in the 70s. This is years ago. And so, again, if we're talking about history, he didn't do something because he's put in office. Like, you know, Biden going, well, the next Supreme Court judge is going to be a black female because I need it to both have, a, right. you know, be a female and they have to be black. That's both sexist and racist. You know, and, and so uh, when it comes to Donald Trump, we got to meet uh, Gail Wilson, which is Black Voices for Trump. She used to be a Democrat. And one day she said, why am I a Democrat? I'm, I was a Democrat because I was told to be a Democrat because that's what you do. I found out the Republican Party was actually the one that went after the, the slavery stuff and they freed slaves and it was Republicans that did that. And so she's like, hmm, that's interesting. She's like, why should I hate Donald Trump? And when he's doing pro-black uh, policies all across the board. And she said, I voted for Obama and I was so excited that he was going to be president. But then I found out that he was doing all of these policies that were hurting black people. And so, um, so anyway, we found out so many things directly from the females themselves and said, okay, this is stuff we can use. One of the things we also discovered is that they've been interviewed before, but they were done they were doing hit pieces and they would take their stuff out of context or they wouldn't actually share what they said. They would say, well, we interviewed this person and then they would say whatever they want to, which was true, but they didn't actually use the words of the people they interviewed. And a lot of people, you know, have said like, oh, you're just, you know, making a documentary that's focusing on women because it's the popular thing to do. <laughs> and so essentially you're doing the exact same thing. And it was like, well, no, we're, we're telling the side of the story of people that are being marginalized. And it just happens to be that a lot of these women who are around Trump that have actually been empowered uh, by him and put into positions of authority, uh, have their stories have been marginalized. And at the premiere, we had, I had several of them come up yeah. to me with tears in their eyes mm -hmm. saying, thank you for finally allowing our story to be heard. Isn't that ironic that uh, the liberals have been silencing the women and people of color, uh, you know, but that's that is what happens. So tell me about getting to know Trump's family. Tell me about sit downs that you had interviews with them. Uh, what was remarkable about that? Well, I, I will never forget when we stepped into Laura and Eric's house and uh, you know, they have a it's not extravagant. I mean, it's a nice home. But uh, we walked in and uh, and she was like, oh, and there was like 13 people with us. We had a whole entire crew. Um, and she goes, oh, you know, hey, thanks for coming. And she's just so warm. And she's like, y'all hungry? You know, like there's the pantry. And she just pointed and she was just going to let our crew raid her pantry. You know what I mean? Like it was 
totally fine. She's totally this normal, down home, very gracious, probably one of the most gracious women that I've ever met. Uh, and, uh, and she just works like the Dickens. I mean, she, you know, jumped on and did interviews with us in between hits, uh, media hits with Fox news and then her own right side, uh, broadcasting thing. And, and so she was just, and then she feeding her kids. Uh, she's taking her dog for the People walk. People were accusing us know. of that being fake. And it was, no. it, that's who she is all the that's time. Just who she so is. when the cameras aren't rolling, she's still over there picking yeah. up one of her kids. She's still taking care of them. She's still doing all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that, you know, that was the same thing we'd say about Eric is they're the same people yep. in front of the camera as they are off the camera. And what we had even um, been told about people that had interviewed Hillary is that she'd be behind the scenes of a church and she'd be dropping F bombs. She'd be doing oh. this stuff. And then she had her fake persona when she'd come out on stage and she'd be saying, you know, I've always oh. been a praying woman. Yeah. But, you know. but this family is the same. Don yep. Jr. You know, walks into the room and he's like, Oh, what are we doing? What's going on? You know, all this yep. kind of stuff sits down and there's no, there's no, um, pretentiousness. No, they, they know who they are in the room. They know who they need to be in the moment. And that doesn't mean that they're fake. It just means that they know how to adjust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I watched Donald Trump do that. It's a much longer story that we don't have time for, but I watched him do that because he wasn't prepared because somebody hadn't told him why we were there. And all of a sudden you have the most powerful man in the world standing there staring at you going like, why am I looking at you? And we explained it. And he was like, and all, and you know, the people around him were like trying to get him out the door because he had other things to deal with, with China and other stuff. And he was like, no, this is important. And he adjusted himself and he sat down and gave this wonderful interview yeah. that most of the interviews actually in the documentary. And uh, it worked perfectly with everything that we, you know, had filmed. People accused us of planning the entire thing and it all just came together. Uh, it was totally like a wildlife documentary. We were just out there filming the pride and, you know, the big lion showed up and we were able to kind of cut it all together into something that was beautiful. And, uh, but the whole entire family, even the secret service agents talking behind the scenes, we asked them, Hey, how are they? And they, they were like, these people are the most amazing people. Yeah. Wow. That is so inspiring to know. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want you to dish everything about the Donald Trump interview as soon as we get back. Stand out from the status quo. Let them know you're a patriot with the Patriot Pit. We feature an entire line of 14 karat gold-plated pins, starting at 445. Challenge coins, only 1745 each. And decals, only 645 each. Order now and get a free gift at thepatriotpin.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I want to give each and every one of you one last chance to get my original My Slippers. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now. Use your promo code, and you'll get your very own My Slippers for only $49.98. That's $90 off and the biggest savings ever. What makes My Slippers different is my exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slippers. My Slippers patented layers make them ultra-comfortable, extremely durable, and they help reduce stress on your feet. Not only that, they come with an indoor-outdoor sole so you can wear them anytime, anywhere. I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable slippers you'll ever own. 
And now you can get them for the best savings ever. Only $49.98. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now to get your very own My Slippers for only $49.98. That's $90 off. We have extremely low quantities, and once they're gone, they're gone. So order now. Talking to Matthew and Joy there about the Trump I Know, the documentary about Trump, his family, his associates, 31 women that were interviewed. And you sat down with the man uh, himself, Donald J. Trump. And what was that like? Tell me the details. Well, it, it, we, we had flown across the country at a moment's notice. I mean, literally 48 hours. We had already filmed a bunch of the uh, of the women. Uh, we had met a lot of them and uh, we were just kind of in DC and the producers said, Hey, we're spending too much money. We got to go back home. And home at that time was Northern California, about two and a half hours North of Sacramento. And so all of a sudden we get a call on Monday morning. Laura's like, Hey, uh, the president would, you know, would, <laughs> would like to be interviewed on uh, Wednesday morning. And we're like, Okay. Okay. So we, I, I was so thrilled as and Joy did an amazing job uh, wrangling everybody together. We got everything in place. Flights, hotels, flights, equipment. Flights, hotels, equipment, people, you know, and getting thing. everybody to Sacramento, getting us over all of the stuff. And we got into the White House. And if you've ever been to the White House, especially during COVID, you know, it's like <laughs> the security is crazy. It's like, you know, they dismantle your rental car and then put it back together. I mean, it's like, the, the and so we got everything in ready to go. We were supposed to have 45 minutes with him and 11 o'clock. We were all kind of waiting for him to come downstairs. We were down in the basement like in the diplomat room. And if you see the documentary, it, it looks very familiar. The room has been used a lot for this type of thing. And so uh, I'm waiting with my cameraman. Joy was not able to be with us because she drew the short straw and had to stay out because there's only so many that were allowed in. And so I'm standing there with my cameraman and my sound guy and 11 o'clock shows up and nobody's there. He's not there. And there's like a secret service agent standing with us and maybe somebody else. And then 1145, 1130. I mean, it was like 1145. Then like 12 o'clock we were like, Oh my gosh, like this is, this is awful. Like you're just, you know, you just spent the last 48 hours getting all the way out here. And then all of a sudden there's all of this commotion and the secret service agents are like, moguls on the move and like then all of a sudden he's just there in the middle of the hallway and the first things out of my mouth were well hi how are you yeah <laughs> donald trump and uh, he's like good 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 what are we doing i said oh well we got this interview set up down here in the dip room and you know and he's like okay and he, like we we you know i'm trying to keep social distance you know because of the whole covid nonsense and so i'm walking down the hallway with him and uh we walk into the room and there's like 20 people with him if there's one. And they're all buzzing around him. And uh, and and uh, he walks into the room and he's like, oh, this is an interview. Now, now Laura was supposed to be with him. Mm -hmm. And so Laura was supposed to have prepped him and walked him downstairs and told him what we were doing. And Laura wasn't with him. And they, got, so, they got separated because there was a big female It was a big women for Trump like upstairs. campaign thing so or they ended something. up getting separated on the way down. And so all of a sudden he's down there. She's not. And he's looking at me like, what are we doing? And I'm like explaining to him like, oh, we're doing this documentary about the women and the campaign and blah, 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 yada, yada. And all of my producers are just staring at me kind of like because everybody had masks on. Their eyes are just like, mm, you know, and, uh, and my camera guys are all looking at me like, what are we doing? And all of a sudden he's like, and, I was, and then I was like, 
Oh, and oh, here's Laura. Laura steps in behind me and I'm like, oh my God, you know, like, and so I pass him off to Laura and Laura's like, hey, can you just give us 15 minutes? This is what we're doing. And, and he kind of, and, and like I said, the handlers uh, with him were, were saying like, sir, we don't have time for this. We have other things to deal Something with. Something had happened. Something yeah. had happened. I mean, I saw Mike Pompeo kind of like, you know, brush into the, into the, the West Wing. Uh, at the last minute, you know, uh, an hour before. And so I'm assuming something like that was going on. Well, anyway, so he was like, okay, I'll, I'll sit down and I got 15 minutes. And so he dabbed his forehead, took a drink of water, sat down, said, where's my camera? And gave us this great interview. I was totally present. Totally present, uh -huh. just completely adjusted. And I think that it will always be the exemplification of true humility because humility is that power under control. And so knowing who you are in the room and what you need to be, and he just happens to be the most powerful man on the planet. I mean, people have mistaken that assurance for arrogance, but it's not. And I, and cause you know, being there in the room with him, I'm like going, actually, this is a very humble man that knows who he is. And he just happens to be the most powerful man on the planet, but he wasn't a jerk. Um, he was very accommodating. And then, you know, as soon as the interview was over, it was just gone. Like, I mean, it was like, every, it was like one of those cartoons where it was like, you know, papers were like, you know, kind of like, and every, we're like checking ourselves, like, are you, it all happened so fast. Are you Did okay? Are your bones broken? You know, <laughs> it was just like, uh, and I was actually very disappointed because, uh, you know, it didn't turn out the way that I had had worked it out in my mind. And the, the producers were disappointed too, because like I said, we, we thought we were going to have 45 minutes with them. We weren't able to ask all of the questions that we wanted. And so I'm like, going, am I going to be able to use this? Mm -hmm. And because but of the nature of the project, we had to be editing everything as we were going. Yeah. And we really didn't know where this whole thing was going. But then when we finally said, okay, well, we're going to have to use the president's you know, interview, it just laid in perfectly with everything. Like it was just, it, it, I really feel like it was a divine, yeah. you know, hand that was helping us through this whole process um, because um, it just all came together. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? You know, you have your own plans you, and they're all detailed and you think it's going to work out the way you think it is. And then God has other designs for things. Uh, we, are running out of time here. We do have one last trailer to show, the Stronger Than Car trailer. Tell us about this winner of Best Documentary in the 2019 Catalina Film Fest. So, so that one was um, that was about our, uh, our town that we used to live in in Redding, California, almost got taken out by a fire tornado, and how the community just kind of rallied together, and it was an event that could have crippled the community, but um, watching the community come together and really be stronger than Carr, which Carr was the name of the fire because it started out by the Carr uh, car power plant. Uh, and so they named it that. Uh, and uh, it was so something we took really personal, though, in making this documentary. It's a short documentary, but our neighbor's house burnt down. Our, we were out of our house for almost six weeks. Mm -hmm. We had a severely disabled son that was on hospice care, and we had to um, get out of the community. And it was a community that I was born and raised in. And watching how people responded to tragedy was the most beautiful thing we've ever experienced, and how they rose out of those ashes. And so we wanted to tell the story. We were uh, hired by the local mayor at the time to create something for the community. And we really did our best to not re-traumatize people, but to honor our, our firefighters, honor brave people, and how they, they supported one another in this. And then we ended up winning uh, 
the Catalina Film Festival. Oh, that's a beautiful story. Let's take a look at the trailer. We've been on the road for three days. And as we pulled into our new city, we saw things that we could never forget. I've been doing this for a long time and I've never seen anything like this before. Everything was black, it was raining embers, the wind was blowing. People are running, people are scared. It was going in all four different directions. It was very unpredictable. You don't know how to fight something like that. As a community, we were moving forward. A lot of people just knocked on the door just because they wanted to give us a hug. It meant a lot to me and my guys, it really did. They gave everything. We live in a great place. Our city's kind of amazing. In the very difficult times, we can pull together and accomplish great things. The community is stronger and more together than it ever has been. Very cool story. Uh, and you got some real people from town to tell their stories and to interview. And uh, tell me about that. Tell me about that process. Yeah, well, the, we lost a, a local firefighter and that was really devastating. And we didn't lose him to uh, fighting the fire itself is we found out later that this was a fire NATO. And we don't have tornadoes in Northern California. Um, and we, we, a story that we need to tell is how we ended up developing a, a fire NATO. But um, he ended up driving underneath of the tornado, not knowing that there was a tornado because all the smoke and everything was there. And, um, and so his truck got sucked up into this fire NATO and, and we lost him. And so that was one of the things that the, that the, the police chief had not the, police, the fire chief had to keep going. He had to still organize his people. They had to work through the PTSD of this. They had, they realized that we were fighting a fire NATO and what did that look like? How were we going to stop this thing? And then after people's houses burnt down, there was thousands of homes that burnt down. There was thousands of acres that had burnt down. Um, people started sifting through their neighbor's ashes to help find their wedding rings or their grandma's belongings or different things. And um, they lost furniture. They lost, you know, one of our friends lost a fourth generation home and different things. So it was really talking about um, uh, all of these unique pieces and, and uh, how also our, our government officials came together, which was amazing. Wow, that is so nice to hear because we've, for the last couple of years, just been hearing about agencies and mayors and different people colluding to do the wrong things. And it's just so refreshing yeah. to hear a story of, of the America that we know and love uh, when people come yeah. together and work together to overcome these things. Well, tell us about what you're working on right now, moving forward, uh, looking forward, uh, because you've got a lot of stuff under your belt now, and and I'm sure you're you're more busy than ever. So tell us what's next. <laughs> well, uh, after this uh, foray into the documentary space, um, we are pursuing our dreams to do uh, scripted and, and narrative series. Uh, so we're working on a project right now um, about the Revolutionary War and some of the untold stories of that. Uh, so we're, we're working on uh, that. Uh, we're working on a series 
uh, on uh, homeschooling, uh, which is like a homeschool families. Uh, we've also got a film that we want to do, which is like a family friendly comedy. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of stuff that uh, that we that's been in our hearts for a lot of years. Uh, that have been kind of put on the shelf while we do some of these documentaries because we feel like um, our, our storytelling talents were needed in this information war, so to speak. And we needed to uh, tell some of these stories that nobody else was telling. And uh, and so, yeah, so we're, we're really working hard to get some of these, um, these series and going back and, like I said, in the Revolutionary War one, it's like there's been a very, very few series uh, about that time period and unfortunately they've been they have had certain inaccuracies and so we want to go back and we want to tell the true story of some of these amazing heroes and kind of create like a kind of a cinematic universe around that time period yeah so people can find some of our stuff that'll be coming up on angel studios but on fridays on our rumble channel we actually have the real history of hollywood so we walk through um what's what's happened in our industry and then some of the solutions that we're going to be putting in place so people can find out more about the projects that we have coming up over there that's great i'm looking forward to seeing what's next and so good that you guys are in a place where you get to do what you really want to do not just uh, what some corporations paying you to do and i think that's a beautiful thing thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your stories and, and sharing the stories of others that's what's important well thank you for watching americanmediaperiscope.com we are america's patriot only network you can get my breaking news updates at seanmorganreport.com god bless all you patriots good night and good luck